All righty. If we can get you guys to find your seats, and if you brought a Bible this morning, uh, turn to Isaiah chapter 9, Isaiah chapter 9, and we're just going to spend a few more minutes together this morning, uh, just continuing in our series, Who Needs Christmas? We started the series uh, three weeks ago, and we're going to continue it today, uh, and then we'll finish it up next week. Um, obviously, want to encourage you to come on out next Sunday morning again. Uh, if you do not have a church home or you're looking for a church home, we would love for you to join us next Sunday morning. Also, just as a reminder, I know it's in your bulletin, uh, but next Sunday evening, uh, Christmas Eve service, we are having a Christmas Eve service, and it's a, an amazing time to come together <clears throat> to just kind of celebrate Christ in a very intimate setting. And uh, we just have a lot of music, a lot of great specials, and so really would love to encourage you to come on out next Sunday evening. Uh, we're going to be doing our Christmas Eve service, and it's something we've been doing now for many years, and it's kind of becoming a tradition for many families to be a part of that. So we'd love for you and your family to come and join us next week, Sunday evening. And so Isaiah chapter 9, if you're there, uh, we're just going to read verse 6, Isaiah 9 and verse 6, and uh, let's look at this verse together here. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Let's do this. So we're going to open in a word of prayer. And as I pray, I'm going to ask that you, right where you are, that you would just begin to allow God to speak to you in whatever you're going through. Now, I know that life can be so difficult at times. Everyone in this room has seen some things in their life that they just thought they could never get through. Maybe some of you in this room right now are going through something that you're not sure how you're going to get through it. But maybe somebody in this room has experienced how going through those trials and those struggles, you've seen God's mighty hand pull you through it, lift and carry you through it. And so this morning, what we want to do is we just want to worship him this morning. We want to lift up the name of Christ, which is above every other name. We want to honor him and glorify him in all these things. And we want him to be magnified. And so here's my, my encouragement to you this morning as we're going to pray in just a moment. That you would allow God to speak to you in a way that maybe you haven't heard him speak to you in a long time. Or maybe you're here and, and you don't really know him as your Lord and Savior. Then maybe you'd begin to open your heart and say, God, would you just show me your love for me? Would you show me this gospel that I've heard so much about? And so whatever you're going through and whatever brings you today, man, thank you so much for being here. I know I said that a bunch of times this morning, but it's so true. You could have been anywhere else this morning and you chose to be here, to gather together, yes, to see an amazing presentation that was done by some kids that worked very, very hard. But more than that, I pray that, that you don't leave here today just thinking, oh, that was a cute performance. But I hope today when you leave, you, you realize the point of the performance. That there was one that was born 2,000 years ago who is King of kings and Lord of lords. And one day, every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess one truth above all truth that he, Jesus, is Lord. I heard one author say it this way. You've got really... One of two options. You either can confess he's Lord now or confess he's Lord then. But sooner or later, you will confess he is Lord. And my encouragement to you is confess him as Lord today as Savior rather than in the future when you stand before him as your judge. 
And allow his forgiveness to rule and reign in your life. Allow his peace. Listen, I don't know everyone in this room. And I don't know anyone's heart. Maybe you're here and you grew up in a church where you were taught that, that you do good things and you go to church and you, you write the tithe check and you read the Bible and you're good and you go to heaven. Maybe some of you went to a church that, that was so legalistic and beat you up because you didn't fit the mold of someone else's idea of what a Christian should look like. And they just pounded you every Sunday from the pulpit and you left church feeling more guilty and ashamed than you did encouraged and uplifted in Christ. I don't know what kind of church you grew up in. I don't know what kind of church you're used to. But I can tell you that there's this Jesus that wants to know you from the word of God today. And he says, he says, that if you will put your personal faith in Christ and the grace that he's giving to you, that you can be saved and know him for eternity. And it can never be taken away because you don't do anything to earn salvation. He does everything in salvation. We just accept what he's already done for us. If I can lose my salvation, I must have done something to gain my salvation. And I did nothing but receive what he's already paid for me. And so I don't know where you are today, but this morning as we're continuing on this series of, of who needs Christmas. I mean, with all the stuff, all the traditions and the gift giving and all the things, which by the way, it's good stuff. But we've said before, but really if you took Christ and you just took Christmas away and you just had this holiday season, would you even notice a difference? So who really needs Christmas? Now we found out people who are desperate need Christmas. Found that out two weeks ago. This morning I want to talk about who needs Christmas. I truly believe people that are living in stress need Christmas. And so let's pray and ask God to work and do what only God can do to soften our hearts and to speak to us this morning. Would you bow with me in a word of prayer? Father, we're so thankful for your presence in our lives. We come into this place today, Lord, and there's so many different motivations and reasons. But really, God, we're here. And as we're here, we are just desiring to hear from you. Lord, if anybody came into this room this morning looking to hear a word from me, they're going to be disappointed. I'm going to let them down. Because I have nothing to give anyone. But Lord, I believe you have a message to give everyone. And so our prayer this morning, my prayer this morning, is that we would put everything else aside and we would focus on you and what you have for us. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would lead and guide and direct in this time. We don't have to beg you or convince you to come and work. You say in your word that you are already working. And so we pray that rather than try to convince you to do a work, that we would just surrender to the work you're already doing and just allow ourselves to be open to you. Father, maybe there's somebody in this room right now who has just experienced a hard, hard life. Tragedies have happened to them. Things they never wanted, never expected, had no control over. Father, I pray that you'd meet them with your grace and your mercy and your comfort. Lord, for the one here today that has maybe experienced church in a negative way. Maybe there's somebody here that was hurt by a church or burned by a church. Saw a church that wasn't very Christ-like. I pray that we would understand that people aren't perfect, but we don't point people, other people, to imperfect people. We point them to a perfect Savior. So I pray that that's what we'd be looking to this morning, to the perfect Savior. And for those that are living in stress right now, I pray that you'd comfort them. And thank you for being the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, 
the everlasting Father. And thank you for being our, my Prince of Peace. May you lead, guide, and direct, and may we surrender to you. Convict those that need to be convicted. Encourage those that need to be encouraged. Strengthen those that need to be strengthened. And Lord, for those that are desiring to know you more, draw them close to you. But Lord, for those that don't know you as Savior, I pray that before they leave this building today, that they would confess their sins, believe that you died on the cross for their sins, receive your grace and forgiveness, and leave changed being a son and daughter of God. We love you, Lord, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. We talked about this a few weeks ago. In this verse, we see the amazing complexity that is the God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one that was born but also pre-existed his birth as God himself. It says in verse 6, For unto us a child is born. That represents the humanity of Christ. And unto us a son is given. That represents the deity of Christ, that he has always been, but that God took on flesh. And why in the world would the Lord Jesus Christ, in all of his glory in heaven, leave the realms of glory and come to this world to be born of a virgin? I was depicted in the play. To be laid in a manger, the most humble of settings. Why would he do all of this? Because his love for you is that great. And his desire is to know you personally. This morning, we will discover that those who need Christmas are those living with stress. We said it before, but remember, the holidays are an amplifier. They're an amplifier of whatever is already going on in your life. So if you are feeling stressed or have in the recent past, Christmas is for you. Let's just be real for a moment. Can we be honest this morning? Anybody in here feels stressed for any reason whatsoever in the last Weak. Raise your hand. Stressed to some degree. All right, keep it up and look around. Everybody look around. Okay, this is important because you know one of the lies, you got to put your hands on, you know one of the lies we tell ourselves when we're really stressed out is everybody else has got it all figured out and we're the only ones that can't quite get it together. Isn't that the dumbest thing you can tell yourself? You know other people. Do other people have it figured out? No. But when you're stressed, you're like, well, I, how come I can't be a wife like so-and-so is a wife? How come I can't be a mom like so-and-so on YouTube who's perfect? They always got all the answers. I'm barely keeping my kids clothed, and they're, like, making videos. It's crazy. Can I just tell you, there's a level of cuteness in a kid's play. But then there's things that just, like, blows the normal cuteness right out of the water. And then there's, like, this extra cuteness. And all your kids were cute. We all know who the star of the play was. We won't go there. <laughs> Couple boys that pretty much took the show. I know. It's, it's okay. You don't need to tell me. But can I tell you that when Bella picked up the Kleenex, I was sitting over here. I was losing my mind. And here's what I love about that. She didn't just go for the quick wipe and I'm done. It was like the wipe fold, white rub, going back for more. I was about ready to come give the girl another Kleenex because I'm like, she's running out of space. Like, there's nothing left. And then here's the greatest part. When she was done, and now we move on. And I, that was it. I was, Lord, praise your name because that was glorious. That was awesome. 
And all of that is awesome. But listen, so often we need to realize that when we're stressed, what we just did, man, it changes everything. When you're stressed, stop in that moment and just remember the good things and just laugh. Man, don't you just wish more people would laugh? More people just enjoy life? I said it a few weeks ago. Do you know the people that should enjoy Thanksgiving and Christmas more than anyone else? It's followers of Christ. It's those that know Christ as their Savior. Who can celebrate like us? Man, the world, they got to get intoxicated and do all this other stuff and spend all this money to have fun. We don't have to do We just got Jesus and we're good. And we can just keep celebrating. You know why? Because who can be more thankful than somebody that's had their, all their sins forgiven by grace? Who can be more thankful than that? Who can really enjoy the celebration of giving another human being a gift? Not because you have to, because it's Christmas. I give my wife this present because I don't want her to be mad at me. <clears throat> Wrong motivation. Might as well just not even give her anything because you're really not giving her anything. But man, when you give somebody a gift and there's this joy and you see them open the paper and the wrapping and if it's a guy that gave the gift, they just take the tissue paper out of the gift bag because that's all we do. We don't wrap nothing. Men invented gift bags. I believe it. It's true. And as they're digging through there and that joy comes on their face, you know what you're doing? You're giving them a representation of grace because you're just giving them a free gift that they didn't do anything to receive. You just want to say, hey, look, I just want you to know I love you this much. It's not all I could do for you or want to do for you, rather, but it's all I could do for you, and I just want you to have this. And that's grace. And when you experience that, guess what happens? The stress starts to kind of melt away. Because when you know Christ, you know the very Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. we got to hurry. I don't even know where we are in my outline here. I'm all messed up. The Kleenex got me. I don't even know what time it is. Now, I want to walk through this because I want to talk about what is really peace because let's be real honest for a second. We can laugh about the stress and stuff, but we've all gone through seasons where we just really don't know if we can take another step. And we just feel the weight of the stress and maybe somebody did something to you. Maybe somebody in here, somebody made a decision you had no control over, but it caused you great stress. Maybe some of you, you've made decisions in your own life and now you're just reaping the consequences of those choices and that's causing you stress. But how do we really understand what Isaiah says here? Why is the Prince of Peace one of the titles given to our Savior, to our Redeemer? How does that impact me personally and directly? Well, first and foremost, we have to understand if you're taking notes, I'm going to give you a lot of references. We don't have time to read them all, so jot them down. You guys know if you attend our church, we've said it, right? 95% of people who get to heaven take notes in church. So if you want to get to heaven and guarantee that spot, take some notes. Just kidding. Um, the first thing I'm going to talk about is the way of peace. See, peace is not just a light switch. It's a path we're on. It's a way. It's a way of thinking and believing. And the way of peace is found, and jot these down, Isaiah chapter 59, verse 8, and then also Romans chapter 3 and verse 7. A couple references to look at later. Romans three seventeen says this, And the way of peace have they not known. This is speaking of those that don't know Christ, don't know what it is to be saved and to have that experience of knowing Christ personally. And the Romans says the way of peace they do not know. See, peace is a way. It's a path that we're on. And there's really four facets to this peace, to his peace as the Prince of Peace. Four things to think about 
in this understanding of the way of peace. First and foremost, his peace, it is a path. It is a road we're on. Philippians 4 and verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer and supplication. You see, the path of peace is a pathway of prayer. I'm telling you, when you're feeling stressed, stop everything you're doing, step back, focus on the positive things, and then just spend a moment in prayer between you and the Savior. And sometimes the prayer can be as simple as, God, you know what I'm going through, and I don't know what it's going to look like on the other side of this, but would you just give me your peace? And I'm telling you, just saying the name Jesus changes everything in prayer. This is that peace starts to kind of come over you, and you find yourself walking back on the path of peace. You see, we choose what kind of path we're going to be on. Some of you are on a stressful path because you choose to walk it. You choose to surround yourself with all these things. You choose to surround yourself with people that stress you out. Sometimes you need to step back, reevaluate, and say, man, what can I change? What do I have control over? Other people you can't control. Other situations you can't control. What happened to you in the past, you can't control it. Those things have happened. Now we need to learn, God, help me to deal with these things in a way that is positive and productive in my life. But am I choosing to walk the pathway of peace? But also... Secondly, the way of peace, peace is a gift given by God. Romans 5.1 tells us that we have been given a gift of reconciliation with God, which brings peace with God. It is a gift that Christ brings. So this peace that we talk about in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it is a path. It is a gift. Also, it is a position. I want you to turn to this reference, John chapter 14. John chapter 14 and verse 27. His peace is a path. It is a gift. It is a position. John chapter 14 and verse 27. If there's some words in the gospel of Christ or the life of Christ that we could say are kind of predominant words, peace would be one of those words that we find often Christ said. I love the line in the play about why is it whenever the angels say fear not that what do the people usually do next? They freak out, right? I love that. And I love that it said freak out because that's what they do. But I, I read the, gospel of, the Gospels, read the, the life of Christ. How often does Christ say, be calm, take courage, be comforted? He's trying to bring comfort and peace. But listen to what he says to his very disciples before he leaves them and goes to the cross. Talking about the promise of the Holy Spirit in John chapter 14. Look at verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. What's the comparison? There's the peace of Christ. Then he says, not as the world gives. So there's a peace or a form of peace the world offers. But you know what people try to find peace in the world, what that looks like? Things like financial security, possessions, the stuff. Having a position at work that thinks somehow you receive peace from the understanding of who you are in status. And the crazy thing is all of that can be stripped away in a moment. And if you find your peace in those things, in what's in your garage or what's in your bank account or what you, you have as far as talents or abilities, I'm telling you, if that's where you're drawing your peace from, it will run dry quicker than you can imagine. However, if we find our peace, not as the world gives, but as Jesus gives, that well will never run dry. 
And when things are taken away, it's just stuff. And you know what? I still have a peace. How can I have a peace when everything is taken away? Because my peace doesn't come from those things. They're blessings to be enjoyed. They're things to appreciate. But listen, they're not the source. John chapter 14, verse 27. I want to point this out. He says at the very end, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. This word troubled, again, if you're taking notes, jot this down. If you're if you understand this word troubled, it means this, to render anxious or distressed. Another definition I thought was perfect is to cause an inward commotion. Let's just stop for a moment. Y'all raised your hand and said, I've been stressed before. Would anybody describe the stress you've experienced in the recent days, maybe a week or two weeks, as an inward commotion? Would you describe it that way? There's this wrestling inside. You know what I'm talking about? You've ever experienced this. I love that definition because that's what it feels like, doesn't it? There's just this, like, this thing inside of you that just, it's just this weight. And man, we just think, oh, I just, I got to do this and I got to do that and then things will get better. If I just get to this level or if I just do this or if I just had this, and then everything would be fine. But Jesus seems to suggest that the way for our hearts to not be troubled is to receive the peace that he's offering to us. John chapter 14 and verse 1. He begins his beautiful passage by saying this, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. So what is the key then for the peace to rule and reign and for my heart to not be troubled? How do I live in the position that is what Christ calls me to live in? It's by making the choice to let my heart rest in the person of Christ, not in the troubles of this world. It is a gift, it is a position, it is a path, and fourth, it is a condition. It is conditional. It is conditional. We read in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, that Christ is the prince of peace. That translates to the ruler of peace. The ruler of peace. And I love that title given to Christ. Christ is the king of calm, as one author said, and I love that. He is the king of calm. He has all authority over peace. It is up to us to surrender to his control. You see, knowing Christ brings his peace. By the Christmas story, we see how peace was and is offered to us. Paul speaks of this peace and the power of what it does in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 14. One more passage. One more passage. Ephesians 2 and verse 14. Let me say this as you're turning there. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, please don't feel weird about that. Uh, we would love, before you leave today, uh, at the Welcome Center, there are some Bibles. We would love to give you a Bible. Just put it in your hand. I always tell our church, no obligation, no credit card, no blood type, no driving record, none of that. But just give it to you. And we want to give you that Bible because we want you to know God's Word. I could stand up here and say a lot of things. Listen, there's a lot of people saying a lot of things about God and about Jesus these days. You can find them all over TV, all over the internet. And I don't want you to leave this place saying, oh, I believe that because that pastor said that's what it says. And I want you to see God's words for yourself. And go home and say, I'm just going to read this book and I'm just going to discover who is the God of this book. And then I'm going to get to know that God. And so many people, we fall into so much heartache and stress and trials and all these things we put on ourselves because we just won't read the book. Or then we start believing what this guy said about the book or what that guy said about the book or what this article says about the Bible. And then we don't ever stop and go, man, let me just read this for myself. 
and say, okay, if I don't know Christ, Holy Spirit, I'm going to pray that you would just show me what you have for me. Now, my challenge to you is, honestly, just for you to think about between you and the Lord, when was the last time, not at church, that you just sat down with this book and you just said, God, I just want you to speak to me. Maybe you started in the book of John or the book of Matthew and just started reading a few verses. I'm guaranteeing you, if you just read this book, you will discover the Savior of the world wants to have a relationship with you. And it's not by what you do for him. It's about what he did for you. And don't let other people confuse you or trick you into thinking you got to do this or jump through that hoop. It's just as easy as reading this book. But look at Ephesians chapter 2, and I, I want to share this with you because I think this is so amazing. What does Christmas really bring to those that are stressed? Listen to what it says in verse 14. For he is our peace. Man, isn't that beautiful? I don't know about you, but there are many days where I need to be reminded, he is my peace. That I'm not the source of my comfort and peace, but he is. Listen to what he says here. Who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, taking two and making one, so making peace. Listen to verse 16. And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enemy thereby. And there came and, came and preached peace to you, which were afar off, and to them that were nigh. For through him... We both have access by one spirit unto the Father. There's a part of this that I love. So much of it that is just so powerful. But there's a part in here I want to point out. Look at verse 17 again. Because I think that we both, and or rather we all need to understand that we fall into both these groups at times. Listen to what he says. And came and preached peace to you, which were afar off. Listen, in life you're going to feel afar off. You're going to feel like you're drifting. Maybe again, you're here and you don't even know Christ. Then he's not forgotten you. He doesn't hate you. He loves you so much that he's coming and preaching this message to you. And you might say, well, I've never heard Jesus preach to me. It's an opportunity to repent of your sin, to trust in Christ as your Savior, and to stop being afar off and to draw close, as James says, to the cross of Christ, to the person of Christ. But look what he says, not just to those that are far off. He says also to those which were nigh. Those that were near and those that were far. He says, listen, we all need the message of peace. Sometimes in this Christian walk, we can drift into just going to church and doing our thing and just checking the box. And we're filling the obligations and we're still just as far off. And we're not drawing into that, that beautiful relationship. We're not intimately involved in that relationship with Christ. Then sometimes we can be nigh. We can go to church every Sunday and look like we got it all figured out. But in our hearts, we're drifting. Man, where are you on that spectrum? Because wherever you are, if you will choose to say, I just surrender to the person and the work of Christ by the infilling of the Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to remind me of the peace that's available and watch him set you free from stress. Listen, the world is always going to be stressful. Amen? I mean, they don't have the answer. That's what I was just talking about. They think it's just the answer, stuff. Get more stuff. Get more stuff. 
I've always heard it said, somebody asked a wealthy man one time, how much more money do you need to be happy? And he says, just one more dollar. That's not the answer. It's not stuff. So when you see the world stressing out, we can't beat them up. We can't chase after them. We can't get mad at them. They just don't know. But man, when you know Christ is your Savior, you have an opportunity to surrender that stress. And say, I'm not going to walk in this. I'm not going to take the path of stress. I'm going to walk on the path of peace because it's made available to me by the person and work of Christ. And you're going to find those burdens lifted. And maybe this Christmas, for the first Christmas in a while, you'll find the joy in the season again. Because someone here, maybe multiple people here, you've lost the joy in the season. You've just started going through the motions, just doing the same old thing. Man, one more family dinner. We talked about it back before Thanksgiving. You're just trying to get through to January sane. You just want to make it through. Put my head down and just barrel through. And you're not enjoying the season. And how can we avoid doing that? By stopping, taking a break, calming our hearts, not choosing to let our hearts be troubled, but choosing to trust in Christ. And how do we do that? By prayer, the Bible says. Be anxious for nothing. Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. Don't let it be anxious. And when we choose to do that and surrender to that, this is what's available to us because we have access by one spirit into the Father. Can you imagine this for a second? I want you to think about this for a moment. When you bow your head in prayer, you are taken into the very throne room of the Father God. And you're before his throne and he is there. And you know what he wants to know? What do you want? What do you need? As his son or daughter in Christ, he is anxious to fulfill your request. If you're feeling troubled or stressed and you go to the Father, man, I believe he puts his arms around you. I believe if there's anything we learn about the Christmas story, we see often there was so much heartache and trial and stress going into this whole situation. And I believe God was right there comforting every step of the way. When you go to that throne room and you're surrounded by his glory and he just, I can almost imagine, and I know God, the Father, doesn't have a form as we would know it, but I don't know about you, but I sometimes picture this in my mind of him sitting on his throne and just, just gently leaning over as a father would and just bending his ear and just saying, what do you need? How can I help? And so often we will deny that and choose willfully the path of stress and anxiety, and trying to make it work. Now listen, you may go to him in prayer. You may call out to him and say, I want your peace, and none of your circumstances change. But that's okay, because your peace isn't, isn't contingent upon your circumstance. Your peace is contingent upon the person of Christ. And so when everything stays the same, and that neighbor still that neighbor, no one's got that kind of neighbor. Okay. <laughs> when your spouse is, no, I'm just kidding. That was, pull that back a little bit. When, that, when your life is just still what it is, man, you just kind of stop and you say, God, I know my life is this way. I know these things are this way. And I want you to just fill me with your peace so I can enjoy the relationship that I have with you. And you watch God begin to change you. And so I want to finish with this. And we're going to just have a, a we're going to bow in prayer. And I know the service has been kind of different. We're not going to have an invitation as normal per se. But I want to give you an opportunity to just respond to him. And so here's my challenge to you this morning. Number one, if you don't know Christ, stop playing religion. Stop thinking going to church is going to make any difference. Stop thinking that you're a good person because none of us are good people. 
The Bible says that your best is as filthy rags before a holy God. So if our very best is filthy rags, then what does our sin look like in the face of our God? We are not good people because, listen, we have sinned and we have violated his laws. And it's okay to admit that because I've sinned. I've made mistakes. There's no one in this room that is perfect. Is Sandra still in here? Well, she's close, but I thought she stepped out, so I was safe to say that. But she'll forgive me because she's that perfect. But she's just rolling her eyes. I don't got to look. She's rolling her eyes. She's just going, whatever. Just no, it's because we have this bond. No, but really honestly, if you don't know Christ, it's not about trying to do this or do that. It's about just receiving what he has for you. But if you know Christ and you start feeling that stress rise up, then it's so easy to give into it. It's so easy to let it win. It's so easy to say, all right, you know what, whatever. It's just what, it is what it is. And don't ever buy that lie. It's not what it is. It could be so much more than you've ever seen. But it takes just trusting in Christ and saying, I'm just going to believe that you are who you say you are. I'm not going to make you who I want you to be. I'm just going to let you rule and reign because you are the ruler of peace. And I submit myself to your authority, and I'm asking you to fill me with your presence and use me to make a difference for you in this world. And so here's what I want to do. Would you bow your heads? We're going to pray uh, in just a moment. But I want to give you a moment just to pray there where you are and reflect over what God might be speaking to you on. And so with every head bowed, and I'm going to ask that nobody would be looking around just out of respect for one another and for those that may be making decisions. I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads. In. And if you know Christ as your Savior, then you just start praying right now. You just start praying, God, would you work in and through this place? Would you work in the heart of those that are here today that need to know you as Savior? And if you're here with every head bowed and and you don't know Christ as your Savior, then I want to pray for you. I'm not going to pray... Or I should say, I'm not going to come after you. I'm not going to come talk to you after service. I'm not going to call you out right now or embarrass you in any way. I really just want to pray for you. And so with every head bowed and eye closed, if there's anyone in here that would say, you know what, Pastor John, I don't know Christ as my Savior. And I'm going to ask that you just pray for me. That I would open myself up to him. I, I, I'm not sure if all this stuff is true, but I, I just want to open my heart up to him to see if this is true. To open my heart to him to see if this is really real. I want to believe it's true. I just don't know. Or maybe you're here and you'd say, you know what, Pastor John, I don't know Christ as my Savior, but I want to know him as my Savior. I want to receive him today. And so I'm just going to ask this, with nobody looking around, if that's you, would you just raise your hand? Just real quick, put it up and put it down. Pastor John, I don't know Christ as my Savior. Would you pray for me that I would open my heart up to him or that I would receive him today? Is there anyone at all, I'm not going to call you out and embarrass you, but is there anyone that would raise your hand and say, Pastor John, would you pray for me? I need to know Christ as my Savior. I do not know him. Would you pray for me? Is there anyone that would raise their hand? Maybe you're here as you continue to pray and you would say, you know what, Pastor John, I know Christ is my Savior, but I also battle with this issue of stress. I just find myself getting stressed out over so many things, little things, big things. And I want to really allow the peace of Christ to rule and reign in my heart. So would you pray for me that I would surrender my heart, surrender my days, my schedule, my routine, my job, my family, whatever it is that you're, that's leading you to be stressed. 
And you would surrender it to the ruler of peace, to the king of calm, and say, God, I just want you to rule and reign. I want to receive the peace that you have for me. Live in that peace so I can be a testimony of your power. Is there anyone that would raise their hand and say, Pastor John, would you pray for me? I need his peace to rule and reign in my life. I've been being stressed out. Is there anyone to raise their hand? Just put it up. Amen. 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 Put it up and put it down. Amen. Those of you that raise your hand and say, you know, I've been stressed lately or I just I need the peace of Christ to rule and reign in my heart. And listen, when you allow his peace to rule and reign and people around you see a difference in you, it's going to draw them to what's different in you. Because what's different in you is the person of Jesus Christ. And that's what's going to make a difference. And so don't let anyone rob you of your joy this Christmas. Allow his peace to rule and reign because he is the prince of peace. And if you have all, at all feel stressed, then Christmas is for you. And may you receive the greatest gift that Christ can give you. First, salvation, and then the peace that passes all understanding. Father, we pray that as we conclude this service today, I know that it was a different type of service, Lord, but I pray that everything that was said and done today would glorify you and you alone. Father, I genuinely thank you for every single leader, helper, costume person, set person, sound person, everyone that had a hand in helping these kids put this production on for us today. I pray you'd bless them in a mighty way for their weeks of sacrifice every Sunday night coming out and working with these kids. Father, for the children that were involved, I just thank you for their willingness to be a part of it. And Lord, just their hard work, but also Lord, for their their heart in it. And I pray that we would leave here today knowing more than ever that over 2,000 years ago, you came to this world and you were born of a virgin. And you did that for us, for those that needed a savior. Thank you for being the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father and the prince of peace. May your peace rule and reign in our hearts as we go through the remainder of this Christmas season, looking to you, the source of all things. Father, for the one that has a circumstance that is beyond understanding, I pray you'd bless them with your peace and your wisdom. And I pray, Father, that again, you would be glorified in all these things. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Before you're dismissed, just a final couple announcements. Um, don't forget, if you're visiting today uh, and you'd like to find out more about our church, you can fill out one of those visitor cards in the seats in front of you. Drop that by the Welcome Center before you leave. Tonight, uh, we do have our service tonight, 6 o'clock. Um, if you have a child or a grandchild that was in the production, uh, they're going to have a little party, like a little cast party tonight. And so they're going to watch the video back of the presentation. And they're going to have some popcorn and just have some fun. And so if you would uh, do us a favor of making sure bring them back out tonight, that would be a great time. And then uh, we will have normal service tonight as well as we continue our study through the Gospel of Luke. So come on back for that. And then uh, this Wednesday night, as a reminder, we will not have our weekly service uh, with uh, the holiday and everything. So we'll see you back here Sunday morning, next Sunday morning. Invite someone out and have a blessed day. Thank you for being here. Oh, hang on. Oh, the pictures. Yes. See how perfect she is? She's like, look at me. <laughs> the blinking phone line is, was like my ADD. I was going crazy over there. I was like, please put it on solid, okay?
I just looked over and saw it again. It just got my attention. That's why I noticed you. Um, Right after service, uh, the, the one that did the videoing, uh, Heather did all the videoing and stuff for the production. Uh, we're going to get kind of a, a picture of the whole cast and everything. And so right after service, if you can do us a favor and get your children or grandchildren into the fellowship hall. Oh, no, no, no. Up front here. Up front here. Okay, right on the stairs here. I don't really know what's going on. Okay, just get your kids and bring them in here. I don't know. Um, no, I'm just kidding. No, so again, thank you so much for being here. God bless you. Have a great week. Merry Christmas, and we'll see you tonight.